Hi everybody, you're listening to the Rogue Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inner and risk. And we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom, and we're rope partners who've been practicing together for a few years. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you, and we live in Thailand. Yes, we do. So, Maya, did you know that I'm a rope top? I have heard that that is the case, yes. That is the case. And did you know that I like to have a good time when I do a rope scene? You do? You I don't do, do it because you hate it? No, I don't do it because I hate it. And the best way to make sure I love it is for me to have a good scene as a rope top. Okay. And you might remember that in episode 48, we talked about what makes a good scene for a rope bottom. Do you remember that? Maya? I do remember. We had a good conversation. And then I guess turnabout is fair play. And if we're going to talk about what makes a good scene for a rope bottom, we also need to talk at some point about what makes a good scene for a rope top. I very much agree. Uh, so that makes this a companion episode to that episode, which is 48, what makes a good scene for a rope bottom. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to repeat things that apply to both tops and bottoms. So we definitely suggest that you listen to that episode in in uh, conjunction, companion yeah, with okay. this one. So what, what sort of things did we talk about briefly? Um, the things episode? that are relevant to both are talking about what good even means. Uh, we talked a bit about sex um, and how that factors in. We like talking about in. sex, don't we? Well, you do, yes. Um, we talked about achieving and, and what that means. We talked about intensity, connection, feelings and rope. So there's a number of things within that that um, apply to this episode also. And we're not going to overlap so we definitely suggest um that people listen to both what makes a good scene for a bottom and this episode what makes a so good that's 48 as well as this one yes all right um however we do think that um it's worth reminding you to ask the question of your play partner what would we ask them um what's good for them i guess yeah what does good look like because what's good for one person might not be good for another so um, we would ask, you know, to make sure it's been a good scene by the end, what would you like to have happened or be included? So if someone has a certain milestone they really want to hit as part of the scene, is that what you mean? Yeah, if they're... I mean, again, we've covered this in other episodes, but um, if they um, want a particular photo or position or things like that... I want then, to make sure to take the whole hand of the ass at some point in the I scene. I don't... Okay, so the you mean other that's thing that's never happened. The other thing is to not base things just on this episode because this is you just. You seem to be dodging my question. I right? am. I'm moving right on. Um, we are not um, offering any true way. This is our opinion, but we think yeah, it's absolutely. useful and will give you some food for thought. Oh yeah. Okay. I see what you mean because when we say how to make a good scene, we could sound like we're the people who know what a good scene is. Yeah, that's not that. No, it's... we're trying to cover a lot of things. Right. Um, but we appreciate that we will not cover everything because we're just human beings. All right, so making a good scene for a rope top, where do we start? Connection. Oh, okay. I think we start with connection. Um, although, obviously, I'm a rope bottom, not a rope top. So, what for you... Although you have tried tying people, like, a few times. Mm, not really. Okay. Uh, so, what would make connection for you? I think it starts with the ability to communicate efficiently with someone 
and feel like I can talk to them and feel like they're talking to me back. Mm -hmm. And before we even start playing, we can establish this two-way communication and I can get a feeling of what they are and what they want and the other way around, hopefully. And how do you do that? What does that look like? How do I do that? Um, well, for me, most of the time, it's going to start over chat because that's what we do here in Asia. Is text chat. Text chat uh, to people a lot. And we start with some kind of negotiation. And right away, I get a feeling for how the person is reacting in the negotiation. Are they engaging with my questions? Are they offering additional details? Are they asking me questions back? This sort of thing. And so, yeah, basically, I start getting an idea of what this person is like. This is assuming um, I don't already know that person very well, obviously. Sure. Um, and then I get an idea of whether the kind of rope or kinds of rope they're interested in is the same kinds of rope that I'm interested in. Because hmm, that's, that's important. Why is that important? Well, I... Quite a few times I've gotten people who said, oh, I'm coming to you because I like to take a really pretty picture and I want some very aesthetics-focused rope, so let's do that. And then I say, sorry, that's, that's not really what I do. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm more of a primal, feelings-based rigor and, yeah, doing photo shoots is not my core interest at all. Yeah. And there's lots of different uh, ropes. So we have um, a listener question episode that I'll put in the... Um uh, notes and there's also a great article by Guilty Smile of um, Singapore, which I'll put in the notes. Oh yeah, where she lists the different types of rope yeah. and my, why you might want to do those. Yeah, so that that can help you to make sure that your partner is interested mm -hmm. in the same rope as you. Um, I think it's also important, having kind of been party to a number of your negotiations, um, that they ask you for your limits in negotiations. That's a good sign, but a thing I've actually learned over the years is that if someone doesn't ask you, that doesn't prevent you from offering and volunteering that information. And I hear a lot of rigor saying, oh, that person never asked me any questions, so she doesn't know what I like. Well, why didn't you just tell them? Like, there's no rule to say you can't offer the information, even though it hasn't been asked for. True. So, but nonetheless, in terms of making a good scene for a top, making sure that the top's limits and boundaries are shared in some way, you know, ideally yeah. the bottom will ask, yeah. but also maybe... And heard. Yeah, exactly. And actually paid attention to and not mm -hmm. broken. A thing you hear a lot of riggers say as well, which might not be as much of a core issue with me, but I hear it a lot, is they don't like to be treated as a rope dispenser. Okay, so what does that mean? I guess it means that someone comes to you because they want rope and they don't really care who they're getting it from. Okay, why doesn't that matter to you? Uh, because I think I like rope enough and I like touch with... Uh, a female bottom to a degree where I don't really need them to be into me to enjoy the activity. Obviously, if I have a strong connection with the person and they're into me as a person, that will enhance the scene. But if I find the person nice, I might get enough pleasure just from tying them that I don't actually think it's a bad transaction for me, if you want to call it that. Okay, so so being you still need to enjoy that person in some way, but what if they want just, in inverted commas, rope and they don't mind so much who they're doing with, with as long as you have that connection with them, it's okay? Um, if I'm going to be like super honest and maybe slightly crass about it, I would say it's okay if I enjoy them in a physical way. 
Okay. Like, either if I find the person attractive or I enjoy how it feels to touch their body, then I will get enough pleasure just from the activity itself uh, that the personal connection is less important to me. Yeah. But I fully understand all those riggers who say, like, you came to me just because you wanted my skills, you're not interested in who I am as a human being, and they resent that a bit, and I can see why. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then also in terms of connection, um, and kind of moving on to our next point as well, there's something about how much you trust your bottom there. Yeah, and that's all both going to be emotionally pleasant if you have trust, but also important for your safety. Like, do I trust this bottom to safe word if she needs to? Uh, is she expressing her desires and any issues in a way where I, I know that she will tell me if she needs to tell me? And also, and I'm a bit sad to say that, um, can I trust her to not betray our agreements after the scene? And like, if we agreed something, if we negotiated something, is she going to like not change her story and say after the fact, oh, actually, I never, I never said he could do impact? Yes, yeah, when you've got it written down yeah, that she yeah, can. Yeah. So that's a that's a tricky one. How do you um, establish that integrity, that trust with the person before the scene? I don't think there's a silver bullet to that. And I think when you play in BDSM, especially as a top, you always have that risk lying around that the person um, could not be trustworthy in that way. So you have to accept that risk. Um I think what you want is try to get a feel for the person and whether or not they're going to respect your boundaries and your limits. Yeah. That's always a good sign. If someone, someone who pushes back against your boundaries is a bit of a red flag, I would say. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and what does that look like for a top? Well, if you say to someone, um, I'm comfortable tying you up, but I don't really want to be touching your genitals, and they say, oh, come on, you can like rub me a bit. That would be nicer. Yeah. Uh, that's not the kind of reaction. Or they say are. something like, well, you know, I don't really play without sex. And they say it in a more uh, manipulative or coercive way. Mm, yeah, I think I think there's a fine line there because it's okay for them to negotiate what is okay and isn't Agreed. okay for them. So they can have their own boundaries. And boundaries work both ways. Like saying, I will only play if there's an orgasm involved is a legitimate boundary, but it's all about the way it's expressed. Yeah, I feel. agreed. Agreed. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. So what, what else um, makes a good rope scene for a top in terms of scene integrity? In terms of integrity, I think being and feeling accepted in the way you play with rope is quite important. And that can be how your bottom reacts to what you're bringing to the scene, to your energy, to the types of play you like to do and that can also be how the third parties around if any are going to react to your scene and if you have a really good scene and then you turn around and everyone is grimacing at you and looking at you like you're a monster you probably not have as good a time overall yeah and um, human beings are such that we can have an amazing scene and then the way that people interact with us afterwards, whether it's the bottom or other people, can change how we feel about that scene. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you're a more dominant person and a more toppy person, you might have a tendency to say, oh, I, I don't really care what other people think about me. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we're wired to care about what we other are people yeah. think about us so it might affect you more than you admit or more than you realize uh, and actually I think your bottom uh, can have a role to play in that because uh, if people are giving you a bad vibe your bottom can 
kind of come to your defense or not. And when she does, it feels better. He does or she does. It feels better than when they don't. Yeah. So you want to be able to trust the bottom to keep themselves and you safe. If I was going to use a bit of a strong word, ideally you would want your bottom to champion for you okay. uh, towards other people if if she believes that, yeah, what you did was a good scene and the way you play is legitimate and valid, they, they can kind of champion that for you. So how else can you work successfully with your bottom to make a good scene for the top? Um, I think the more knowledge and understanding of your bottom you're going to acquire, uh, the better it's likely to be. Because, well, honestly, most tops I know, uh, even when they are very dominant, even when they are super elite master of the world, they actually have a better time when their bottom have a good time. Very much so, yeah. And so when you feel like you've given satisfaction to your bottom, you're much, much more likely to feel good about yourself. Yeah, in general, it's a two-way interaction, and yeah. one of the factors making a scene good for a top is that it's good for the bottom, which is one of the reasons we want people to listen to the two episodes together, right? Yeah, and that doesn't mean that doing rope to someone, if you want to phrase it like that, doesn't feel good physically, mm-hmm. but in the top-bottom dynamic, quite often you get a lot of your pleasure out of the pleasure the bottom is feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a feedback loop. Exactly, exactly, and both... Uh, Physically and emotionally, human beings are wired with those like mirror neurons and so on that make you feel what the other person is feeling. And that is a big part of BDSM, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, so there's, there's another piece um, I've noticed around um, working successfully with the bottom, which is mm-hmm. can the bottom actually do the tie that you want to do? Yeah, if you're setting your bottom up to fail you are less likely to have a good time. Unless you're in a very particular kind of humiliation, like emotional masochism dynamic, uh, which most people are not going to be in, I assume. Uh, Yeah, you're going to want to put your bottom in a position to succeed, and then she's going to feel good, and then you're going to feel good, and everyone's likely to have a better time. Yeah, and I think an understanding of the human body and how the human body actually works is important. Like, I've seen sometimes tops try to position a bottom in a way that the, the body just doesn't do. Yeah, bend things in a way they don't bend. Yeah. yeah. Or they've seen something on FetLife bottom do, and so they know it can be done, but they don't realise quite the extent of how difficult that position is. Yeah, and we're going to talk to that in a future episode, but there are also things that are done to those photos that make things look like they happened a certain way when in fact they didn't, so let's be careful with that. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that the position you want to do is possible, anatomically speaking, if nothing else. One thing you can do as a baseline is, well, see if you yourself could get yeah, in that absolutely. position. Because you yeah. have a body too, so that gives you like <laughs> yeah. a first line yeah. of testing. Yeah. Uh, and maybe also a little bit of an idea of what the position is going to feel like. Yeah. But keep in mind that every body is different and yeah. a position that feels good for you might not feel good for someone else who has different flexibility, might have different injuries and so on. Uh, You can also, if you have another person around or other rope partners, try the position with someone, ask them how they feel before you do that like big surprise, epic scene at the party and surprise your other partner with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, So I think there's something around competence that we've talked about before. So can you talk about Yes, I think tops in general and riggers in particular like to feel good at what they do. And so things that make you feel like you're good are likely to make a better scene for you, essentially. 
Um, I know that as a rigger, I usually have a pretty strong vision for mm -hmm. what I want my scene to be. And when the reality of the scene matches that vision, that feels very good. So you have to have those realistic expectations in terms of your skill level yes. and their skill level? Uh, yes, because obviously if your uh, expectations are unrealistic, you're not likely to achieve your design. So absolutely. Um, if you go in over your head, if you're trying something that is above your skill level, you're likely to get in trouble, and that's when you start feeling less good. Like when ropes jam, when your half drop your bottom and you catch her at the last minute. Like, that's not a scene that's going to end up feeling really good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so... But, yeah. <laughs> if you make it too easy, on the other hand, and you never challenge yourself, it's probably not going to feel as good either. So you probably want to hit a sweet spot where you sometimes challenge yourself and you progress your rope, but you don't go too fast either. It's really your balance you're trying to strike. And I've heard you talk about the rope flowing. Yeah. So, uh, Maya, you are a trained psychologist. I am. So can you explain a bit for us what the notion of flow is and how that works in the human mind? Yeah, so the flow state, which I'm sure people have um, heard of, is um, having that feeling where um, you're completely focused on a task, um, it feels comfortable and easy is not quite the word, but you, you feel like you can do it, no problem, um, and you're getting some kind of um, psychological reward, it feels good. Mm -hmm. um, when you're doing it and interestingly there are three um, conditions or three aspects that create this flow state and one of those is um, having a good balance between the perceived challenges of the task and your perceived skills okay. so basically you have enough confidence to do that task um, the other conditions are um, that you have a set of goals and progress, so you have some direction, some structure. So you can measure things as the... Yeah, and that doesn't mean you have a specific position, but it might mean that you want to do a particular tie or something like that. Or it could be like a suspension transition sequence where you say, okay, yeah. so now I've achieved position one, position two, position three, now I'm going to start coming down like you have yeah, yeah. milestones in your scene yeah and then the third one is that the task has clear and immediate feedback so you can adjust your um activity to, mm -hmm. to maintain flow state and i feel like rope has all three of those potentially in it and that's one reason you can reach that flow state so what would be the immediate feedback in the context of rope um it would be does the rope hold? It would be, does the rope feel good in your mm -hmm. hands? Um, it would be, um, are you getting good feedback from the bottom? I, mean, I think there's loads of ways you can get feedback in a scene. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. So for me as a rigger, one thing that allows me to realize that I was in flow state during the scene is I don't see the passage of time. Anymore. Yes, that's a, um, that's not one of the conditions, but that's one of the outcomes, definitely. Um, it feels like going into a tunnel and then I come out of that tunnel feeling like I've been tying for 15 minutes and when I look at the clock, three hours have elapsed. Yeah, so one of the um, aspects of it is that one's um, subjective sense of time is distorted. Yeah, okay. Are there other criteria that might allow you to know when you've been in flow state um it's when you're um in a super concentrating state so you really feel focused on that you're not aware of the things that are going on um outside 
So if um, you're at, say, a noisy play party, you might just forget of, of the yeah, other scenes going exactly. around and just be focused on your scene only. Yeah. That sounds um, like a good benefit. Yeah. You have a sense of uh, control and agency in mm -hmm. the activity. So you're, um, you're doing, which is why I think tops are more likely to feel flow than bottoms, honestly. Because they're active. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I posit, that mm -hmm. a bottom feels flow in a scene. I think it's a top. So that means if this flow state feels good, and I can confirm that for me, it very much does, you're going to want to encourage the factors that are going to make it more likely to attain that state. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this podcast and sharing it with you, but your support can really help us pay for the hosting, the equipment and other critical costs. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope tutorials and gear so we get a small commission from your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, you could also donate to us directly on our Patreon, either as a one-off amount or monthly support that can be as little as the price of a cup of coffee. If you can't afford to do that, that's okay. Just enjoy the podcast and maybe tell a kinky friend or two about it. Now back to today's episode. And obviously riggers being riggers, and let's face it, most riggers have a bit of an ego, which... In moderation can be a good thing. Yeah. Um, you probably feel good if you end up looking good. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. If your partner is impressed with your rope abilities, if they think you're amazing, <laughs> if the onlookers at the party are like clapping at the end of your scene or like looking at you with giant eyes and making a line to be the next person to be tied by you, you're probably going to feel better. Yeah, and just feeling competent, I think. Like, you don't even have to be amazing, although I think that will help make it a good scene. Mm -hmm. But the other person having a good time and feeling like you know what you're doing, I think, is, is helpful, right? I think it's paramount, and it's actually an interesting point, depending on where you're going to place your ego. Are you, do you care more about giving your partner a good time, or do you care more about the reaction of the audience? Yeah, okay. And depending on what type of rope you do and what's important to you, knowing what matters to you and focusing on that is probably a recipe for success. Yeah, and I think ideally you want um, a scene to either maintain or build your credibility as a rigger, right? Uh, yeah, ideally something that progresses both your self-confidence, so mm -hmm. in a way the credibility you have with yourself, and the way you're perceived by your partners and your community, uh, yeah, if you progress that positively, it's definitely going to feel good. Yeah, and that doesn't mean uh, it all has to be ego, but, you know, we want to feel good about the, the tying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, what about competence around physicality, so control of the, the person's body? Yeah, exactly. When, when things are effortless in that area, when your partner's body is in sync with yours, when you're moving them effortlessly, when you're achieving the positions you want to achieve and everything feels very natural, that's a big component of having a good time in rope, I think. Yeah, and as a bottom, it's something that I would look for as competence, definitely, how mm -hmm. my body is, body control. Uh, when rope flow is happening well, and by that I mean your rope handling is good, the rope is not getting tangled up, it's not getting jammed, it's like you, your pull-throughs are smooth and they feel good to you and they feel good to the bottom. Like That's the kind of thing that's going to help. Yeah, and we want to stress, again, we've said this before, that you don't have to be an amazing rigger to, be, to feel that level of competence, right? You, you really do not. Actually, I think you're very likely to have a super good time tying a simple chest harness that you know well and you're competent at 
much more likely than tying a seven ropes TK that you've never tied before and you need to stop four times to look at the book. And <laughs> like, yeah, choosing the thing that's going to work is, I think, the right approach okay. to have a good time. So how can the bottom help the scene go better for the top? Because we're trying to get tops and bottoms to listen to these episodes. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. And definitely rope is a team activity. Yes. (laughs) Uh, The things that a bottom can do to make the experience better for the top include some very basic things, actually, like helping prepare the scene, Yeah. uh, prepare the area, for instance, uh, at the latest party we went to I was tying a new person and she helped with the setup like we needed to set some mats out under the suspension frame and she came over and she helped put the mats down and she got some cleaning supplies and she cleaned the mats so we'd have a nice clean area to tie in well that actually made a difference yeah she was really nice yeah Yeah. Uh, another thing that you do super well Maya is coiling the rope after the scene I coil so much rope you Coil probably thousands of coils of rope a year. <laughs> you do a lot of rope, and I coil, as you're submissive, I coil mm-hmm. all your rope. Uh, and as a rigger, it's amazing to have someone doing that. And it means I save some of my energy to tie more in an evening because I'm not doing all the coiling. And it's also a very nice token of appreciation. Yeah. Um, what I find interesting is that, so obviously I know how to coil rope in the way that you like coiled and mm-hmm. I can coil and when I tie with a new person um, most of the time um, maybe 90% of the time I offer to coil people's rope mm-hmm. nobody in all my tying and I've tied with a few people by now has ever said yes <laughs> um, so I've actually um, stopped asking well I do ask to coil but then when they say no which they inevitably do what I do is I straighten the rope because obviously Mm -hmm. rope can be all tangled and in a big heap and I put it into single strands so that it's then easier for them to coil and that's my kind of way of showing that I'm engaged and helping and I haven't just walked off as soon as we're done all right that makes a lot of sense it shows respect it shows appreciation Uh, also if you're a rope bottom and you want a really good tip Learning a few ways to coil rope is a great icebreaker in any kind of like rope jam or rope party True. setting. Yeah. Uh, approaching riggers you're interested in and saying, hey, would you like some help coiling your rope? That's like a very good icebreaker. I was bored at a jam the other day and I coiled all the public rope in yeah. the public box. Yeah. And <laughs> that makes you useful. That makes you appreciated. It's not so common. So people will notice it. Like it's a really good tip. But everybody can straighten the rope. You don't need any special skills for that. All you yeah. need to do is run the rope between your fingers so that any uh, kinks are uh, gone and the rope is um, straightened and, and in pieces. All right. So like more teardown and cleanup type yeah. activities are uh, very much appreciated. Uh, that might include some things that border on aftercare, like offering the famous hand massage we talked about yeah. recently. Yeah, okay. Uh, that might also enter in that category. Uh, the bottom can help the scene be good by communicating proactively uh, and saying when things are going wrong so the rigger has a chance to correct it before it's too late. Definitely, yeah. Uh, we would much rather have a bottom say, oh, my foot is starting to feel funny. Maybe you can uh, move it a bit rather than not say anything and then five minutes later has to say okay I have to come down actually and that's a good point because we had a scene the other day where um, you tied me in a position that was I found quite challenging and I felt a bit bad because I had to ask for adjustments and maybe ask for six adjustments I think um, because the position was 
challenging um and i have felt bad about that but when we talked about it afterwards you said that that was okay and you enjoyed that yeah i think it's a really important part of doing rope and the top is not in the bottom's body so if you don't communicate how your body's feeling there's no way the top's gonna guess but even more you actually enjoyed um making those adjustments and changing the position and playing around with it oh yeah absolutely that was part of the fun of the scene is to have something a bit more dynamic because i was changing bits and pieces around if it had just been a purely static scene when nothing changed, it would have been less fun for me. Yeah, so that was really helpful for me to know. So how, how else can they communicate or or reassure you during this? Yeah, story? reassure is an important word here. So essentially, um, once again, riggers can tend to be more dominant people, although not all riggers are dominant, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a submissive rigger or a non-power exchange rigger for that matter. Um, and they will tend to pretend like they don't need this reassurance, but once again, they're at the core human beings and they do need it. So what does it look like? Uh, well, it can look like just showing your top that you're having a good time. And that can be non-verbal. That can be just like sighs and various sounds of, so various expressions of pleasure. Uh, that can be also shown in the way you physically submit to the rope. Like if you're very melty, if you show a lot of trust in your rigor, that's going to be a positive reinforcement type of signal. Um, and then also just showing that you're okay, that you're not dying. And <laughs> that can be done in, with verbal check-ins or you can prearrange some signals. Um, you like things like squeezing fingers as a way to show, okay, I'm okay, I'm good to go, like, Giving that continued reassurance to your partner. So that's part of good communication as well. And it might be, well, it's definitely something to talk about beforehand um, as a bottom and a top. Like, how will the top know that the bottom is um, enjoying or or getting what they want out of the scene? So having Mm -hmm. a prearranged signal for that, I think, is very useful and important. Yeah, it's a bit boring, but we always come back to how important communication is in everything, right? Yeah. Uh, Then there's an interesting question on how active you like being as a bottom and how active your top likes their bottom being in the scene. Okay, so talk talk to that a bit more. Um, Well, there's many ways a bottom can be active in the scene and that can be, for example, by touching the rigger as the scene is happening, if the rigger said that's something that's within their boundaries. Uh, And it can be sensual touch, in some cases, it can be sexual touch. Like, it's happened to me that, like, women I've been tying were playing with my genitals. I was tying them. That wasn't necessarily unpleasant. If that's something <laughs> I said was okay. If it's within your boundaries, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or they can do more playful things, like try to run away a bit. Or, like, uh, I recently tied someone who was grabbing onto the rope as I was tying and, like, kind of being, like, pretend fighty with it yeah and you've had that discussion before the scene so you you'd agreed that that was okay yeah and it's important because a newer rigger who's already like struggling to do the tie like if you mess with them like that it's not going to be good yeah yeah so again communication yeah um i think there's also something about letting the riggers rope shine so okay interesting so more like modeling the rope that the mm, riggers doing I wouldn't, or? I wouldn't use the word model because it has less good connotations for me personally but not being a potato sack in the rope so what does that mean so um rope is something where there are a number of positions where you can move your body in a way that's going to make the rope look nicer okay um and the rigger can enjoy that now that that isn't for everyone 
Um, but as I become more experienced as a bottom, I try and make nice positions in the rope. Like not just let my body slump, but try and move my body so it looks um, pleasant, I guess. Uh, so you're going to help your rigger look good? Yeah, but again, that looks... It's not so much about the other people, it's about me and the rigger, usually. Um, mm -hmm. Although I guess if there's a photo, then also you can you can really work hard to model the rope in, in that. Um, but yeah, there's just something about making the rope look nice and showing the rigger, you know, what they've been able to do with your body in the rope. Okay, and are there things you need to be careful with as you are more active as a bottom in the sea? Um, you need to make sure that the top is okay with it in advance, I think. Okay. So, you know, throwing yourself around. Or starting to struggle if it's not negotiated as a CNC or yeah, struggling yeah. scene is probably not. And I'm talking thing. more about subtle things, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. The difference between, you know, letting all of your muscles relax, which you might want to do a bit because it can be very pleasant, but also in terms of um, using your body to look more interesting and showing the shapes. I don't think I've communicated that brilliantly. So um, Okay. Uh, you remind me of a thing uh, I'm a bit, I have a bit of a pet peeve with, which is... Uh, bottoms that want to help you with the rope. Okay. And sometimes I don't want to be helped. So having a conversation around that, like I'd rather the bottom most of the time let me do the tying and relaxes but trying to move her body in the way she thinks I want her body moved. I'd rather she let me move her body. And so that's also something you can have a discussion about because sometimes you think you're being helpful and you're actually detracting from the top's pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I'd know is to watch out around putting weight on a line, a suspension line, until it's been locked off. So sometimes... Yeah, okay, that might end up quite poorly if you do that. Yeah, and it can be difficult as a bottom to, to know. And sometimes I do check with you, has that is that locked off? Because sometimes as a bottom, you get a bit excited and you want to put some weight or try a bit of the suspension, even mm -hmm. when not everything's... Um, on you so yeah that's yeah just and then, a... then again you can prearrange a signal where the top is going to tell you okay like this upline is locked this upline is safe you can start fucking around with it yeah so how does the bottom know that it's going okay for the top how does the bottom know they're doing the right well things? there is a secret magic formula that no one has ever thought of before and it's asking them the question okay so more communication um what about uh non-verbal so if i was looking at you how would i know that you were having a good time during the scene okay great question no one's ever asked me that before um, the feedback I've gotten from Bottoms is that when I'm tying and it's going well, I look very focused, very concentrated. Yeah. So if I have this kind of look, it's probably a good sign. Um, if I'm very agitated, if I'm running around, if I'm sweating bullets, it's probably <laughs> a less good sign. So yeah, you, you can look for basically signs of confidence, signs of concentration, whatever that flow state we were talking about might look like in a person's face. If you see that, that's probably a really good sign. Um, and that's interesting because as a newer bottom, you might mistake that for someone being closed off. Mm, and you might say, oh, maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe he's not having a good time. And he's like got like this kind of neutral look on his face. But that actually might be the exact opposite. And they might just be super in the zone and having a great time. So, okay. So then that question is, how would I know that you're enjoying yourself um, during the scene? So that's a good question to ask our tops. Yeah. Uh, and each top might have a different answer. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and like 
Their answer might be, well, if my penis is hard or if my <laughs> pussy is wet, that means I'm having a good time. Okay, okay. Um, then looking at how the rope is happening, probably if the rope is flowing well, if everything's getting in place, if the tension feels good, that's also a sign that the rope is having a good time. If things are falling apart, the top is probably in a bit of trouble and you can... It's okay sometimes to say, okay, let's pause and take a minute to talk about how we can fix this and then restart the scene yeah. from a stronger yeah. starting point. Yeah, okay. Um, there's also something about um, what verbal signals you're giving. So mm-hmm. if you seem happy with it, like I think that's a good thing to look for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is the top talking to the bottom? Some tops are very wordy, some aren't. But if they are giving you feedback, praise, encouragement... Uh, that can also help you know that they're like the things are going well. They're happy with what's happening. Okay, and also agreeing goals in advance. So that yeah, question around what does good look like for us that we talked about at the beginning, I think, is really important. Like you can recognize if you've done the suspension that you agreed. That's mm-hmm. probably more of a positive for the top. Yeah, achieving achieving the goals that you set out. The top, as we said achieving the design he wanted to do, which doesn't mean there's no space for experimentation. Uh, and sometimes some of the best things in a rope scene come from a bit of improv. So it's once again striking the right balance between things. And that's something that you particularly like. So again, different tops will have different aspects that they enjoy in a scene. So for you, being able to experiment a bit on the go. Yeah, um, and being that creative. Like yeah. One thing I like to do a lot is when I have extra rope, mm-hmm. I like to improv something that can be structural or decorative with it or add um, extra compression on my bottom's body with my extra rope and things like that. And that's not something I'm planning in advance. But because for starters, I don't have the first idea how much extra rope I'm going to have. Um, And so that's more of an improv part of the scene, but that can actually be a big factor. And I will have achieved a certain design with the main bit of the rope and then the extra rope will be what I improvise with. Yeah. Um, And then there's also something about um, how you enjoy uh, the bottom's body touching. So you've touched on this at the beginning. Uh, I am a very touch-centric person. Yeah. And for me, it's going to be super important how their skin feels under my fingers. Uh, If they are wearing any clothes, how does that clothing feel? Does the rope like slide on it nicely? Is it fishnet that my rope keeps getting caught yeah, in? Yeah, you hate those. <laughs> I had a fairly bad experience with those. Yeah. I would not recommend them unless you have a knife lying around and the person is okay with you tearing up the fishnet. <laughs> yeah. um, and honestly, basics like, does my bottom have good hygiene? Do they smell nice? Uh, that makes a very, very big difference. Yeah, so it's important to um, state, I think, that enjoyment, the top enjoying the bottom's body, it's mm-hmm. not about a particular body type, it's not about somebody's being better than others, it's about, first of all, a match for what the top enjoys, Absolutely. and secondly, about things like hygiene, which all of us can manage, I think, as bottoms, um, and about what we wear, understanding as a bottom, 
is this easy to tie on? Is it difficult to tie on? And that's something you can talk about with your um, rigger beforehand. I'm planning. Yeah, absolutely. This. Especially if you plan to wear clothes while you're tying. Like some clothes just won't work with some types of ties. Yeah, very slippery yeah. things can be challenging. <laughs> I was thinking if you're going to do an inverted suspension and you have a really long skirt, it's probably going to yeah. be a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, well, but... all, all your rigger needs to know in advance so they can think about, okay, I need to actually tie this skirt up as well yeah, as the person so you don't look like a sad jellyfish <laughs> um there's also something about hair right so there's I have always quite, something about yeah, hair, i right? have quite long hair you have medium length hair i Let's have crazy honest. long hair um and you're getting there though you have a bit of a thing for hair and you do a lot just, of hair just ties slightly, just a tiny little bit <laughs> and i like hair ties also also but what i have understood is that very clean and shiny hair can actually be a bit more difficult to tie on for some people yeah depending on the type of hair ties you're using sometimes hair that's just been cleaned can be a bit slidey with conditioner like yeah. slippery hair yeah. so it's good to um for your bottom again to check in with your top to say are you planning a hair tie are you okay with me washing it um so so there's quite a lot of things that the bottom can really do um to support the top having a good time as well as the bottom yeah and there's a lot of things that the top can do also yeah so with all that advice i think everyone is ready to have some amazing <laughs> rope scenes both as a top and as a bottom i hope so <laughs> so that's all from us at the rope podcast don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and come friend us on our fetlife page rope podcast and if you like this episode consider supporting us on our patreon more details on ropepodcast.com thanks for listening and have fun tying